Hello, David, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, can you hear me? Hello. Hello, David, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, sorry about that. We were having some difficulties here, some technical difficulties. I had a call in through my landline, but we're live on the air now. So can you hear me well enough? Yes, I can. Okay, perfect. So sorry about that, folks. Here we are, the two minute round. You're hooking Jack up at the Casino Boxing World. This is episode number 30, special, a very special uh, show we're going to be having. We're going to be having two-time Olympic gold medalist and WBC and IBF super middleweight champion Clarissa T-Rex Shields on the show today. David, is somebody supposed to be with us right now as well? I think I have a 580-351 call uh, on the line. It's, it's, it's probably Amy Green. Let me turn, let me, let me uh, patch her in, sorry. <clears throat> Hello, Amy? Hey. Hey, Amy. Sorry Hi. About that. We're having some technical difficulties here okay. on the show, but we're, we're on the air now, and like I was mentioning to David, it's going to be a special show today because we are going to be having uh, the two-time Olympic gold medalist, Clarissa uh, Shields, calling in, obviously, also the, um, um, also the WB. Super Medalist Champion, who has a fight already scheduled for early next year against um, uh, Tori Nelson, undefeated Tori Nelson in uh, January. Is it January 12th, or what date is that, David? Yes, uh, January 12th. Yeah, January 12th, yeah I read about that this week. So what time is she going to be calling in, David? She should be calling in at 7.15 if everything goes well. Okay, perfect. So in the meantime, let's go ahead and, and go through some fight results. In the meantime, while we wait for that call from Clarissa Shields, starting on Thursday, October 26th from the Caribe Convention Center in Haiti, the super fairweight uh, silver champion, 
for the WBC, Melissa Sanzel scored her first ever knockout win with the fifth round TKO over Nate Subbana. Garcia, in a scheduled eight rounder in a 130-pound title with a non-title fight. The official time was there was 44 seconds. And two days later, in France, it was uh, somewhat of an upset when I think this uh, fighter had less than 10 fights. Justine Lallemann scored a unanimous decision over veteran Anna Sophie da Costa in a 10 round in the junior flyweight division. The scores there were 98, 92, two times, and 97, 93. While on the same night in China, Zhang UK defended her IPS minimum weight title with a unanimous decision over Filipino Gretchen Abaniel. Scores there were 98-92 and 97-93 two times. But moving on to uh, the same night as well, but in Wales in the United Kingdom, maximum boxing, Eddie Hearn gave us from the Principality Stadium, Katie Taylor capturing her first ever world title with the unanimous decision over Argentinian Anaí Esther Sanchez in the scheduled 10 rounder. That was from the WBA lightweight title. Sanchez failed to make weight, so the title was only available for Katie Taylor. Sanchez was also down in the second round from a left up to the body. And at the end, it was a dominating performance by Katie Taylor with 99-93 pounds. Davey, what are your thoughts about this fight? Uh, well, I thought she did, you know, which, what she was going to do. Um, she, uh, surprisingly, even though she, she floored her in the second round, she wasn't able to take her out. But I mean, that's part of a testament to uh, Sanchez, who is a champion, and, and most of the girls from Argentina are very good. But I was more surprised about what the media had to say after the fight. There were claims that she's the greatest female fighter in history, and I was like, wow, hold on. <laughs> she's just starting. But uh, there were yeah, these claims in various newspapers. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think it was more of, a, um, more of them being excited over – you know, their their first female world champion, um, their first female world champion. And, and I'm also on the same page as you, surprised that even though she dropped her in the uh, in the second round, and it looked like she might be able to finish her off early, she ended up going the whole distance. So it kind of proves that, that if you step up a little bit, Katie Taylor steps up a little bit in, in competition, she might be going the distance a little bit more often than we saw in her first six fights. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> now, to finish off that Saturday of Torture and David, did you get a chance to watch that uh, Katie Taylor fight? I beg your pardon? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, you're talking to Amy. No, no, I was asking uh, Amy because I know Amy was pretty busy the last couple of weeks. She had an event out there in the Midwest. So, did you get a chance to watch that Katie Taylor fight? <clears throat> I only watched a little bit of it, but I, um, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing that she went the entire distance. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you as well in that part. Because, because you know, if she, if she, if she keeps running through these girls like a freight train, you know, she's, she's not going to get the experience and she's going to need that because she's got nowhere to step but up. If they're putting her out mm-hmm. there as the best there is to be, She's going to have to learn as she goes, and she's going to have to keep stepping up. She can't just have people in front of her. She's going to knock out in, you know, mere seconds. I think it's a, I think it's a good thing, and it gives her a chance to, you know, sharpen her skills a little bit better 
and learn against veterans like this. I mean, you know, she knocked she knocked a girl down that's been around for a while, and then, you know, it might have been thrilling for her to, you know, knock her out and her get her first title all in the same night, but, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and she's definitely going to be around for a while, so let's just Let's just enjoy what she's doing and keep. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think I read somewhere that they're looking to bring her back in December in her first defense. Did, did you see that same uh, thing, Amy or Felix? Uh, uh, no, I, didn't. I thought it was going to be pretty soon, but I can't remember if it was December or not. I think I think it was December. December. I think they want to do a quick turn uh, a quick turnaround. Everything's been pretty quick for her. I mean, she's been moving right along. Yeah. Now, uh, on the same Saturday in the Foxwood Resort in Massachusetts, Connecticut, the Bella gave us Shelly Vincent, who has been not as active as we thought she would be after that very close fight, televised very close fight against Heather Hardy um, at the end of last year. And she did go unanimous decision over Calixta Delgado is no no uh, stranger to fighters out of the northeast of the country. She fought um, uh, what's her name? Uh, she fought Amanda Serrano. She fought Cindy Serrano. She fought other fighters from up there. And this time she went up against Shelly Vincent, who scored a unanimous decision in an eight rounder in the super featherweight division, with scores of 79-73 two times in 77-75. Now, uh, Thursday, November 2nd, as part of the WBA uh, convention that was held in Medellin, Colombia, uh, Mayorin Rivas and Diana Cordero fought to a majority decision in a 10-rounder for the WBA Panama title. Scores there were 96-94 for Rivas and an even 95-95 two times. Now, the other fight that we had also... Um, announced for that same November 2nd, Thursday, and it was going to be, well, they didn't announce that if it was going to be uh, televised, but it was going to be on that fight card was Marlene Esparta, who was supposed to come back from her fight. She hasn't fought in September when she found the undercard of uh, Gennady Golovkin against Saul Canelo Alvarez, mm-hmm. and she was scheduled to fight here against Carla Valenzuela, but it looks like that opponent was not available uh, it looked like she was suspended because she had lost the uh, a six-round United decision a couple weeks prior, and I guess Golden Boy didn't have a chance or didn't have enough time to find her a new opponent, and it looked like Miami's fight was scratched. Any news on when she'll be coming back? I haven't heard uh, anything. No, no, me neither. I haven't heard a thing. I was just told that it was canceled by Golden Boy, but yeah, uh, other than that, nothing. You know, she, she started off in March um, as a professional, and, and it was like on this side of a card in, um, at the Fantasy Springs Casino out there in Indio, California, and then she moved on to big weight. Well, the two of the, two of the biggest, if not the two biggest cards in boxing this year, which was the Saul Canelo Alvarez over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fight in May, and then the Gennady Golovkin against Saul Canelo Alvarez in September, and then she was coming back on a on a mid-sized card, maybe for Golden Boy, and, and it was canceled. So, so should we expect her to come back on the same kind of card, or, or maybe in, in 2018 she's going to wait for a big, big card from? I don't see her waiting all the way until May when Canelo fights again. Do you? 
No, I don't. I, hope I, not. I think she she wants to be busy, and uh, uh, I know that she 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 seems to always be gunning for a fight. It's not that she doesn't mm. want to. She she really seems very anxious to get back in the ring. As most of the girls do. So you think it's most of them do. So you think it's Golden Boy that's that's kind of putting her that kind of uh, holding her back. Um, it might be. I think they they're kind of careful with her. They want to build her, and because as you've seen in Twitter, Marlon as far as I wanted to fight Sinisa right away, and uh, Golden Boy mm-hmm. seems to want to take her time with her. She 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 doesn't want to take her time. It looks like she wants to go after it right away. Who is it she wanted to uh, fight right away? Sinisa Estrada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah but that's but then that you know, one 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 maybe her promoter's holding her back, and the other one maybe her team is holding her back. So we're still quite a way away from from that from that fight happening, perhaps. Now, um, on Friday, November the third in Argentina, Deborah. Deborah, uh, Deborah Anaí Dionisia scored a ninth-round TKO over Julieta Andrea. This is usually the Argentinians have three three names, you know, you know, a first name, a middle name, and then a last name. But this young lady has four names. Her name is Julieta Andrea Inés Cardoso, and she got mm-hmm. stopped in the ninth in the ninth round in her bid for the IBF Super Flyweight title in the tenth round in Argentina. And the same night uh, on Friday, November 3rd, but in Westminster, Colorado, we saw uh, Patricia Juarez, the other sister of Ayana Barbie Juarez, who we're going to be speaking about in a, in a couple of minutes, um, mm-hmm. and the other sister of Cecilia Lulu, Lourdes Juarez. She scored a unanimous decision over veteran, or at least a more experienced Brittany Cruz in a six-rounder at Super Featherweight. Scores it was 60-54, and 58-56 two times. So quite interesting that Mariana Juarez, you know, she's one of the biggest names in, in Mexican female boxing, or even in Mexican boxing, I mean, male or female, she's one of the biggest names in the country. And her sister is starting to build uh, her career and her name, and she's getting some good, solid wins. But her other sister, Patricia Juarez, she's kind of chugging along in Colorado. I think she's like 3-0, or 4-0. Um, and, you know, I wonder what would happen if she would move back to Mexico and, and start fighting under the, under, uh, and her sister, uh, either sister's undercard, you know? Yeah. yeah well, she would awesome. end up just as big as them. What's that? She would be just as big as they are. Yeah, I believe so, too. I know that she dropped down and wait for this fight, too. She's been fighting as so high as 135, and this fight was a 122, or near 122. Huh. Really? It was, it was announced at 130, so, yeah, if it was at 122, it, it was not announced here uh, correctly. But um, on the same – well, now moving on to Saturday, November 4th, for Germany, Christina Hammer scored a fourth-round TKO over Gifty Amanua Ankara in a 10-rounder. Hammer was defending her WBA, WBC middleweight title. So, official time is 159 of the fourth round. And now, with this win, it looks, and what, for all intents and purposes, it looks like they, that Christina Hammer's next fight will be her debut in the United States on the non televised 
part of the undercard of the Clarissa Shields against Tony Nelson uh, fight. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. Christina Hammer, they're going to start trying to build her up in the United States to hopefully sometime next year putting her in against Clarissa Shields. Obviously, Clarissa Shields comes out victorious against Tori Nelson, which is the next fight. We have a call here. Um, is Erico 909, David? Uh, I don't think so. All right, let's see who we have on the line here real quick. And okay. Let me see who we have. Who do we have on the line? Uh, Erico 909, this is uh, Tony around. You hope to jazz with the Super Boxing World. Clarissa, introduce yourself. Hey, Clarissa Shields here, two-time Olympic gold medalist and current WBC and IBS middleweight camp here. Well, there you go, folks. Here we have Clarissa Shields. Sorry we didn't give you a proper introduction. We just didn't recognize. We didn't know that you were calling in from a 909 um, uh, area. But we thank you for joining us here on the two-minute round. You're hosting Jazz Look at the female boxing world. And like she said it herself, the two-time Olympic gold medalist and current WBC and IBF Super Medalist Champion Clarissa T-Rex Shields is with us. Clarissa, my name is Felipe Leon, and with me is my co-host David Avila and Amy Green. So, first of all, we'd like to thank you for taking the time to join us here on the Tuning Around. No problem. No problem. And with that said, I'm going to pass the baton to my partner here, David Avila. He'll start off the interview. Thank you. Hi, Clarissa. Uh, I met you... Um, at the stub hub, uh, when you came to one of the fights, uh, I was wearing a hat, and and you were mobbed by a couple of dozen fans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how, always. How did you like? Uh, <laughs> how did you like uh, California and your visit there uh, at the StubHub? California was really nice. Uh, I have a lot of fans in a lot of the boxing towns. You know, as far as in uh, Dallas, California, New York. Uh, Detroit, wherever I go, I'm kind of like a big celebrity. So it was fun. Everybody was so nice. I'm just glad to see that the boxing fans, male and female, are like grasping to the sport of women's boxing. You know, I, I've heard that you're you're looking for a training camp, that you're thinking about either coming to California or going to Las Vegas. Uh, is that still up in the air? Yeah, but that's not going to be till 2019. 2018, I'm just going to kind of wing it. You know, and see, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep everything the same for right now, uh, 2018. But then 20, 2019, I'm definitely considering California or Las Vegas. Wow, that's great. Well, it's great for us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> a, a lot a lot of good fighters have come out of Michigan over the, I'd say, the last 100 years. I mean, you've had guys like uh, Joe Lewis, Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh-huh. Yeah. You've had uh, James... Lights out, Tony. The Mayweathers, yeah, and, and now and now you. So, what is it about Michigan that brings out such great fighters? Our our state is shaped like a glove. That's the problem there. Okay, and uh, we have to endure seven months of the winter. So, if we can stay motivated to train in seven months of the winter, I think we can do anything. And I think that we're just built tougher. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> you know, you're cold weather tough, huh? Yeah, exactly. So, so you won a lot of awards this year in, in such a short time. Uh, what have been some of the favorite awards that 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 you've uh, uh, received this year, and or, or your favorite ceremony that you that you attended? 
I liked, um, well, I was really honored to win the Nickelodeon Award for the Kids' Choice Awards. I was so excited about that because one of my goals is to reach the youth and knowing that they voted for me to win that award meant a lot to me. Like, it, it was so many, it was thousands of kids there that were involved. And when they see me, they just, you know, couldn't believe it that they had voted for me and that I won. And they all tuned into the fight. And they all became, you know, women, women boxing fans. It's all about building a brand up and just, um, you know, in, uh, inspiring the kids coming up. So I was pretty happy about that. And another award that I received that I'm, uh, that I was happy about is, a Sports is the Women's Sports Foundation uh, Sports Woman of the Year. Serena Williams won that same award, I think, the year prior or something like that. So just for me to get it, I was like, whoa, they're, you know, to win this award, they have to, you know, uh, respect you as being as great as Serena Williams. So I'm I'm as great as Serena Williams, and I want to be greater. Uh, that's 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 tremendous to be in the same level as that. Who who are some of the celebrities that you met at these ceremonies? Or, or which were your favorites? <laughs> well, at the ceremonies, um, I kind of enjoy meeting everybody who I see on TV. Honestly, um, I think the biggest <laughs> star that I have met is um, Ice Cube, but I may have oh, met okay. a fight though. He was at a boxing match. And um, I've been able to meet Dave Chappelle. Um, wow. I've met so many great boxers. I mean, to go from Danny Jacobs to Triple G, Canelo, Floyd Mayweather. Um, I, I meet a lot of great boxers. And uh, who did I meet that was like a – I even met some actors, you know, and it's just like uh, meeting them, it shows me that I'm around good company. Does uh, meeting some of these uh... – Movie stars and stuff, does that kind of uh, make you hedge toward coming to California? Um, no, because I've kind of met a lot of people in Las Vegas, honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah. People kind of like, I've met most of the people that I've met in Las Vegas, like at the boxing match or even just being at the hotel there. I've met a lot of people. But I do like California. I just... I just can't do the traffic. It's like the same traffic here in New York. I can't do New York traffic. I won't be able to do California traffic. Oh, no, that's horrible. It is horrible traffic. I live in California, so I know. Yeah, so I'm just just, just debating. (laughs) But if you get right in the central part of L.A., you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Just in the outskirts, it's horrible. So so in six years, you've won... uh, two Olympic gold medals and two world ti- professional world titles, and uh, not even uh, Katie Taylor's accomplished what you accomplished. And uh, mm-hmm. you think, and, and yet in, in Great Britain right now, they're saying she's the greatest female fighter in the history of boxing. Does that make you uh, want to do even more when you hear other people recognizing uh, their fighters in other countries as the best ever? Well, that's over there, you know, in the UK. That's the best that they've seen, you know. Um, when they mm-hmm. see me fight, they'll be able to differentiate and, you know, tell the difference. But Katie is a great fighter. Uh, right now who they're saying is Tom for Pound is Cecilia Brockett, you know, over me and Katie Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, with me, I'm just going to fight the best and, you know, do the best because there's millions that think that I'm the greatest woman fighter of all time. And then there are some that think that, you know, Katie Taylor may be the greatest woman of all time, but at least we're changing it to where they 
they will stop saying, you know, Layla Ali and Wolf or Christy Martin because this is a whole new era of boxing. And, yes, I love each and every last one of them for doing what they did uh, for boxing and helping women's boxing get even a little bit of shine. But it's like now we're just in a different era, and we got, like, some different skill levels that come with the women who are turning pro now. And I definitely say that me and uh, Katie Taylor are carrying those torches for our for our country. And uh, just for women's boxing, I mean, it doesn't really matter who people think is the best out of both of us. I think mm-hmm. it's just great that we're both getting the attention, you know, that women's boxing mm-hmm. deserves because we're going to keep the sport around for a very long time. She's, she's 30 pounds smaller. I'm 30 pounds heavier. So more than likely we'll never meet up, but at yeah. least – She'll be able to conquer the lower the lower parts of it, showing that, you know, she's the best in that, and I'm the best at, you know, my weight. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah. you know me, I believe I'm the greatest woman of all time. I'll never change that answer, no matter who you tell me. Oh, what if you fought against Ann Wolf? What if you fought against Layla Ali? I will always say I will win. Doesn't matter what name you put across. When you say Earl Spence, I'll say I'll win. You know, that's just how I am, and what I and that's how much I believe in myself. So. Well, becoming a professional, I mean, was it a big change for you? What are some of the things that you had to change in your fighting <laughs> style, you know, without the headgear and without the uh, bigger gloves? Um, I haven't had to change much in my fighting style because I feel like as an amateur, I already fought like a pro. You know, I'm not going to slow my pace down. I don't know why people use that terminology saying that, oh, when you go mm-hmm. pro, you, you have to have a slower pace. No, you get in shape to where you can have a fast pace all 12 or 10 rounds. That's what you do. You don't get lazy and say, oh, you need to slow down your pace and throw less punches because that's what lose you fight. So um, right mm-hmm. now I'm just continuing to do what I've been doing, getting in better shape and getting stronger and faster. Um, I did change up my diet from when I was in the amateurs to the professionals because uh, it's about feeling good. You know, it's not it's not so much about me questioning my skills. It's about the body. You know, you're going – um, it's kind of brutal on the body to go, you know, 10, 12, 8 rounds, you know, mm-hmm. inside of a ring and, and, and you're sweating all those rounds and you have, you know, 8 weeks of training camp. It can be kind of hard on the body, so so nutrition is very important. And, um, was that and hard the, to Yes. You said, was it was it hard to change? No. Yeah. I'd have to, you know, brown rice instead of white rice, right? Um <laughs> Light butter instead of regular butter. You know, no fried food, which I love fried chicken. Everyone knows that. Um, and I and I and then I cut off pork. I just cut off pork completely, and which that and which I think at first that was hard for me because I was kind of in love with uh, barbecue ribs. But after a while, after not eating pork for about a month or two, it's like now I, if I even smell pork, I kind of get like I kind of feel sick and dizzy. So it's like yes, yeah, stay away from the pork. Stay, stay with the turkey and the chicken and the fish. <laughs> Jeez, that's a lot of stuff to stay away from. Yeah. Well, what about a, what about a, a fighting um, inside? Do you worry about maybe getting cuts because you know without the headgear, fighting inside you get these head clashes and things like that. Is that <laughs> something that you work on? No, I just try to. Uh, it's all about learning your distance and seeing what your opponent is doing. If you have an opponent. Uh, you know, if they if they headbutt you doing a doing a certain move, you just try to beware of that certain move. You know, I, um, I try to keep it long, but, but but when I do go to the body, um, I make sure that I watch my head myself. You know, because I don't want to get headbutted. But 
I know up in the, up in some fights it's just inevitable, but it's a little different for the defense. But me and my coach are going to adjust to our opponents as we go. We're not going to change up our whole style just to avoid, you know, headbutts because headbutts happen. And you know, one day I, yeah. I, I may be fighting from a headbutt and have blood all in my face, and I'll just have to finish the fight or or get the knockout. But I'm never going to stop fighting just because of the headbutt. But, oh, and back to your last question where you asked. And also the biggest difference between the amateurs uh, and the pros and the amateurs, as mm-hmm. soon as January hit, they gave me a schedule for the whole year. They said, this is when you're fighting, this is when you're not fighting, and this is what countries will be there. You know, and it was maybe 30 fights throughout that whole year. Now being a pro, you know, you you put in a date, and then they change it all of a sudden. <laughs> so you could be at camp getting ready, and then they change it, and then you, you're like, okay, I just trained for – okay, five weeks, and now you just bump the fight to be a month or two later. So you just, okay, what do I do now? So that's the difference. It's like you don't know which opportunities will come or who you may be fighting until that person signs the contract. So you calling out all these people, and it's all about who answers in a timely manner and, you know, stuff like that. So it's a different business side of it. When In the amateurs, it was like you can't duck me because, if you want to go to this tournament and if you want to rank in the world or in the nationals, this is, this is who you have to fight. But it's so different in the professionals. Yeah, well, well, you have Tori Nelson up next. So how do you feel about that? Did, did that excite you when, you when you found out that you guys were going to – well, that you women were going to be finally <laughs> Yeah, she talks a lot, you know. And honestly, <laughs> I really – I respect her, you know, she's seventeen and oh what, if she has two or four knockouts. I really don't know. But if you I look at I look at the fact that she has she turned pro when she was thirty, right? She's mm-hmm. forty one. Within eleven years she's only had seventeen boxing matches. I've been pro a year and I've had four. So that shows you that she doesn't fight a lot. And I've seen the you know, the I've seen her competition and her opponent. Nobody on my level. And, you know, with her being the mandatory um, IBS, we already wanted this fight. We wanted this fight my second fight, my third fight, before I had the belts. And, uh, you know, she kept turning us down. But now uh, she finally accepted the contract. So I guess her team wasn't so smart <laughs> because now that the paper is signed. There is no backing out. I don't need to do no more, do no more trash talking. I've, I've already said what I said what I had to say. Uh, and I look and and I look forward to fighting her. You know, she said she's gonna knock me out, and I'm a and I'm gonna show her she, this is not you know the regular girls that you fight up in Baltimore or that you fight or that you fight in Virginia. I'm a two-time Olympic world champion, uh, Olympic gold medalist. I'm a two-time also amateur world champion. I've, I've in the amateurs, I was 77 wins and one loss. You think I'm about to let you add a, another loss to to my record? Never, no. It's not going to happen. And I'm going to show her that I'm the boss. I'm the young boss, and maybe she's the boss in the ring with somebody else. It's just not against me. Yeah, you're only 22 years old, right? So, yeah. So, so how much, when do you, how long do you expect your career to last as a professional boxer? Because I know that everybody's different when it comes to pro boxing. I think women's bodies last longer than men's for some reason because you see a lot of guys mm-hmm. say that, oh, at the age of 30, 33, that is like that it's time to wrap it up. And I feel like for me, um, even though I've been boxing for such a long time, 
I feel like I really take care of my body, and I get, you know, two or three massages a week when I'm in camp and, you know, eating right and stuff. So I think I'll be able to do it to maybe something about 35. But 30 um, is, well, 30 is what I'm thinking right now, but maybe 30 or 35, I'll let my body decide that as the years go on. And if I and if I feel the same way that I feel right now at the age of, uh, at the age of 35, then maybe I'll go to 40. This depends on how I feel. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's a long time. Well, <laughs> let, let me pass you on to uh, my co-host, Amy. Hi, Amy. Hey, Clarissa. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Amy? I'm fine. Well, you look at the longevity of Alicia Ashley. She must feel pretty good every day. Oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. Now, you, you and David were talking about your cooking and your diet and everything, and it's a good thing that you drop pork. You know, I try not to. I try to avoid it a little bit if I can. But mm-hmm. if you want to have a splurge day after training and after a big win and everything, what's what's your favorite thing to go splurge with? Fried chicken. I love spicy fried chicken. It got to be from some place like um, when we fighting up in Detroit, it has this place called Beans and Cornbread. Oh, my goodness. They have the best fried chicken and then spicy chicken, too. So they're yeah, really you good. fried chicken. You want to know something? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to know why I can't? Because if I if I learn how to cook something, I'll cook it all the time. And what I try to do is try to make sure I cook healthy, and I want people around me to eat healthy. So when I cook, you know, I make big things of spaghetti, a big yep. thing of you know uh, grilled chicken and vegetables with rice and asparagus. I try to cook healthy, you know, showing my niece and my little brother how to eat, so they can, you know, have healthy bodies like me because they don't really work out. But just that they're eating healthy, they really enjoy my healthy meals. So, so no fried chicken, you, I'll cook it. Unfortunately, I can make the prettiest fried chicken in the world, but it's going to kill you because it's not done. It just looks really bad. Ah, no. <laughs> because I'm tempted to finish it in the oven because that's less frying. But, you know, that's that's interesting that you said that, that you like to be an example for your nieces and your nephews. Could you see yourself getting into a platform like that for the youth around the world or in the United States, like taking that initiative? As far as in my cooking or just me as a person? As you setting an example of how to promote healthier meals and fitness and everything, do you think that's something you could evolve to? You know, a lot of a lot of fighters have different causes that they – work with you know I work with Linnell Bellows and he does a lot of stuff with the Nevada Children's Hospitals and stuff like that I mean is that something you'd be interested in is encouraging the healthier cooking the lifestyles and getting kids interested in that getting away from the video games off the couch you know oh, learning yeah, of better course. you know um, I'm a person trying to tell people to chase their dreams no matter who thinks it's not important um, I'm a person of when when uh, when people ask me like what's my advice to kids, I just simply say, don't be afraid to be different. That that's a line that was said to me a long long time ago, and you know it's like when God gives you a vision, He wants you to do something. God has a purpose for everybody. If if, if everybody wants to stick to their purpose and uh, and uh, instead of being you know detoured and thrown off track, I think we, I think we will live in a perfect world. You know, some people are meant to be actors. Like Donald Trump, he's not meant to be the president. See, he's stepping out. Of, he's you. stepping out of his lane. He's stepping out of his lane there, and he's causing <laughs> he's it causing the world a traffic jam. Shit. Right. <laughs> you know. So 
if 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 ever if, if everybody stuck to what they were passionate about, he'd be great. He was great in the movie Home Alone. That's where he should stay at. Some people are <laughs> great models and singers. Me, I'm a great boxer. Am I athletic? Yes. But am I gonna play basketball? No. Why? Because I get nervous when I got the ball in my hand. I don't know how to replay. But boxing <laughs> I box in front of thousands of people. I do great. I don't get nervous. I can think very well and straight, you know, so just don't be afraid to be different and do what you feel you're destined to do and let God lead you throughout that, you know, way. But as far as in like being a role model, yeah, I can be I can be a role model and I will let kids know that, you know, nobody's perfect, you know. I don't know why, you know, everybody wants to promote this perfect athlete, you know, um, for example, Serena Williams, she's not perfect. I met her in person. She's not perfect, but they put on this persona to be perfect and then, you know, making others feel like they have to be that same way when it's going to change you. Everybody has their own way of life, their own beliefs, their own things that they care about. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to be real. I'm going to represent what I want to, what, what I want to represent and be against what I want to be against. But at the end of the day, I know I'm a great person. You know, so since you've been busy them. training, busy yeah. training, and you know, looking forward to your next flight and everything, I have to ask a question: Have you found time to buy a curio cabinet, or do you still have your belts in your purse? You said what? Have you you've been really busy with your schedule and your training? Have you found time to buy a cabinet for your belts, or do you still have them in your purse? They're actually on the top bed. I have like like my coach has this training house, and um, I'm in a room. By, I'm in a room by myself, so I just put them on the top bed of the of the full bed, and I just sleep on the bottom bed. But no, I haven't found a case yet. I was looking for one, but it's like so much stuff was going on in Florida. We had Hurricane Irma come. I fled then. <laughs> I fled Florida then. Then I was gone for about two weeks. I came back. I was home. I think I was home for no more than two weeks, and I kind of slept most of that time and just dressed up for Halloween. I didn't do much, honestly. I just kind of rested my body. And well, that's good a good food. thing because you're about you're about to have to put it through the paces. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun though. I, um, you know, it was an ex- it was an exciting moment the first night to make everybody sit down and watch you come on Showtime. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it, it was it, it, it was pretty great. Yeah, even yeah, when I, I watched the fight, sit now. down and watch it. Nice. <laughs> you know, I mean, I made I tried to get as many people as engaged as possible. I mean. When you work in the sport of boxing, you want to relate others to it. So, you know, I said, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch this. And they had a great time, I bet. Oh, yeah, we really enjoyed it. And the next one, and the next, you know, and we're looking forward to seeing this one with um, the other girl. I forgot yeah, her Tori name. Nelson. Mm-hmm, Tori I Nelson. Want to say Tori, I don't want to say Tori Amos, but she's a singer. Sorry. Yeah. Well, so is there, you know, with the celebrities and everybody that you met, was there anybody you just had a fangirl moment with that you were like, <gasps> Ice Cube and Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua, I can understand it. And Ice Cube, yeah, that would be a little intimidating. He is. That would be, me, that, would is, be in, that would be fun. He is the black Superman to me. He should he should have dressed up as Superman for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> he should have. It would have went viral. He is. He, he 
is amazing to me. I love his accent. I love the way his body is built. I love the way that he talks. I like the way that he boxed also. So, yeah. He's pretty. I guess I could say. Oh, my goodness. Pretty ain't the word. He's beautiful. That's a beautiful man there. <laughs> I saw him on some social media today saying a couple of shocking things, and I just kept scrolling, kept scrolling. Yeah, I guess. He was, he was poking Amir Khan pretty hard. Yeah, somebody ticked him off, and he said a pretty, he dropped the F-bomb on there. But, hey, nobody's perfect. Once again. There we are. Yep. Hey, I was just like, well, you know, what are you going to do about Amir Khan? You obviously the loser in this equation. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Amir. Sorry, sorry. Amir has nice legs, but Anthony Joshua has everything. That's just the way it is. Yeah, he's hot. Well, good luck in your next bout. I'm going to look forward to seeing it. And if David has any other questions, he can fire away. Uh, I, I see uh, some solicitors. Yeah, I have a couple questions. Uh, very quick, you're not today. I think you're in New York right now, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, it's very late out there, so we're going to try to let you go fairly quickly here. But a uh, couple questions. Um, now, in your division, in the 160 to 168, Pound um, division, obviously you're the champ at 168, but you, it has been mentioned, and you mentioned that you're looking to also move down to 160 and hopefully face sometime in 2018 Christina Hammer. Yeah. How hard is it to find sparring, or do you spar mostly with men? I know I see I see videos of you sparring with men, but is it is that the majority of your sparring partners, or do you actually have, find women to spar with your side? Ninety-eight percent of my sparring partners are men. I don't know when last time I spar with a woman. To be honest with you, you don't. You don't. You, you usually spar with men. Yeah, ninety-eight percent of the time. I think the last time I sparred against a woman was probably getting ready for the Olympics. And it's not that they're not good. I'm just physically, I don't know, rougher than all the other girls. So it's like either, you know, they. It's like I have to take it easy on them. So it, it only betters them as far, and it doesn't better me. So. Um, I get in there with the men, and uh, we make things work. And I'm and the men, you know, hit me, and I hit them, and I know I can beat at least ninety five, eighty, or ninety to ninety five percent of the men that box now uh, in the pros and the amateurs. I know that I can hold my ground against uh, whoever, but I have really great sparring partners, though. Now you mentioned your diet. And you mentioned how you try to stay healthy, and obviously you just touched on the on the um, on the possibility of moving down to 160 and facing Christina Hammer. Do you see yourself going down to 154? And the reason I ask that is because, like I mentioned, your weight class 168, 160. I mean, there's some names there, but maybe enough names to keep you busy for the next couple of years. Whereas at 154, you know, there's a Anna Gabriel who's a W. Uh, BO and WBA champ. There's a Michaela Lauren who who has uh, challenged for title. There's a Clarissa Swenson and maybe just maybe, you know, uh, Cecilia Breakout at a catchweight or even at a four one fifty four. She if she decides to move up, is that something that you and your team have thought about sometime in the, in the next couple of years? That that's the whole game plan. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take over the one sixty eight. Weight class, they're going to go down to 160 and take it over down there. Going to be Christina Hammer, 
Uh, she has a WBO and a WBA belt. And uh, whoever has a WBC and the IBF, uh, I want to fight against them too. And then we're going. Then then we want to go down to 154 for Cecilia Brockett. And it's not that it's not even the weight class that matters to me. It's 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 just that they can say to Cecilia Brockett, the the pound for pound best woman fighter. And I want to hold that spot. I don't want to just hold that spot, you know, with people looking at me and saying, okay, I watched Cecilia box and I watched Clarissa box and I picked Clarissa to be the pound for pound. I want to earn it, you know, and, and, and what better way to earn it than, than to fight her. So I'll drop down to, so I'll drop down to 154, you know, uh, if that's the case, but that's the lowest I can go. You know, I have to meet at that weight and, um, and I would, and I would fight her. Yes. But that's after, um, you know, 168 is done, and 160, then we'll, then once I work into our 154. I'll only look at the girls who I have the ones and twos. Those are the girls that I want. Those are the girls that are, you know, really good. If somebody comes up and emerges, then I'll accept the challenge. But right now, I think about only the girls who are, you know, number one. Now, my last question is, you know, I followed your career, like everybody that follows female boxing, I've seen the documentary. Um, I follow you on social media. And right now, maybe because it's late, maybe because you're tired, I, know you, I saw a picture of you with uh, Melissa St. Ville, so yeah, I know you worked out today. You seem a little subdued compared to the Clarissa that I read on on Twitter and stuff like that. The, the Clarissa that sometimes, like you say, you're very outspoken, you're real, you're not fake, and sometimes you say something that gets you in a little bit of hot water. Has, has anybody in your team kind of had a conversation with you and say, hey, maybe we should tone it down a little bit on social media or do they just let you be because that's who you are? What what have I said that rubs somebody the wrong way? I don't know. What you're talk- I'm, I'm missing what you're talking about. Well, yeah, you got any examples? One of the things that I remember off the top of my head is that situation where, and you have every right to, to I mean, there were both sides of the, of the issue, so that situation with, um, Darrell and uh, and Uskategi, where the uncle punched the fighter after the fact, and you kind of came in defense of the uncle, and a lot of people had an issue with that on on social media. You know, you have every right to defend who you want to defend, but some people had an issue with that. So, is there some? Have they had a conversation with you, or they don't? They just let you be and and don't think that that's any problem. Well, I already wrote an, a statement about that. I, you know, I apologize for my for my siding of it. And when I said my uncle, I was talking about Andre, not Big Leon, but at mm-hmm. the same time, however they took it, you know, what I, people thought I was talking about Leon, so that's what they took it as, and they kind of, you know, came to me about that. But at the same time, you know, I like that Andre is my family, and, you know, I was there at the fight, and to see him go through that was terrible, but – you know, when I finally had time to think, it was uh, it was bad on both sides. I mean, what Leon did was, I mean, I mean, crazy. You know, and I and I can kind of get why he did it. You know, there's so many emotions raging with, you know, with Andre being, you know, his nephew. But I mean, me and my team already, um, we already put out a statement about that. So they really told me not to really, you know, I don't really have to go in and keep on explaining that, but. Um, I don't think that I'm too bad on social media. I just know that I have a voice. I'm going to use it however I want to use it. You know, people come talking trash to me, I talk trash back. You know, and it depends on well, who I people are. You. you know, 
I'm not going to be pushed. I'm not going to be pushed around. Yeah. You seem to wear your your heart on your sleeve, and and you kind of just say what you feel, which is great because it gets to it gets us as your to kind of um, get to know you a little bit. Obviously, not on a personal level, but get to know your personality, just like we're learning. You're, you're, we're getting to know your personality here on this interview. Um, but sometimes people take things a certain way, and then you know they tend not to like what certain people say. You know, like. Like you say, you know, some people are fake, some people are not. You obviously are not fake. You know, you say what you want to say, you say it when you want to say it. It seems like, you know, you give your opinion uh, all the time, and that's fine, and that's what Twitter is there for. But I'm just wondering, because you are a public person, that, and you have a team around you that if they had one way or another just try to give you some advice and say, hey, you know, maybe you should think twice about the stuff you say, or which will be fine, or the other side of the coin, which will be fine as well, saying, you know what, that's Clarissa, let her be how she does, and it's not a problem, you know, there's no, nothing wrong um, with that. Um, I was just wondering, I was um, just wondering about that. I'm 22 years old, I'm not, I'm not perfect, I'm not Floyd Mayweather, where I gotta make all these big changes and mature, or be super mature, I think I'm mature enough for my age, and like I said, I'm not, I, I'm not perfect, I'm a great role model. And I'm trying to show people that you nobody is perfect. All, all that stuff is fake. You think that any any celebrity is perfect? It's fake. It's made up. They're not like that in person. Somebody sees me on mm-hmm. social media and they see me in person. I'm the same person, you know. And that's what and and I and I take pride in that. You know, I'm not going to you know change. And my and my team has talked to me about maybe a year ago about cursing, which I want to stop cursing anyway. But it's a bad habit that you develop and it's hard to get rid of. So. As far as on social media, I don't curse anymore, mm-hmm. you know. But my opinions are my opinions, and my and my team respect me as being the individual that I am and what I have going on. And it's not going to stop my opportunities, you know. I'm not I'm not on it just being reckless, you know. I don't post naked pictures, nude pictures, you know. I don't call people the b word on social media, you know. I don't uh, you know try to talk too mean, but I but I am a fighter. And boxing never has and never will be a will, never will be a nice sport. So, I mean, with that, I mean, and, and plus, with the with the fight fans, they're on your side when you're winning, and then when you lose, they all just switch up anyway. So you might as well be who you are and how you are. It really doesn't matter. I mean, you're gonna have millions of fans, ten millions of fans one day, and then you freaking get knocked down in the fight. The next day, you got you know. One million fans instead of ten million. Now you go down to the back to to you know what I mean. So it's it, it's a give and take game, and I respect those who are close to me. You know their opinions. I really I really can't mm-hmm. say that I care about what the fans are saying to me. You know I care to a certain extent, but they also care to a certain extent too. So I'm not you yeah, know. You can live your life. Well, you live your life by the opinion of, of, of the fans. You yeah, know, I'm being not, a not publicist and everything. Being a publicist and everything, Clarissa's going to learn as she goes along, and she's going to be herself, and it's all going to mold out there to be together. I mean, this is this is something that's kind of daunting, you know, when you're 22 years old and you're not just, you know, you're out there being a public figure. She's going to grow into everything, and she's still going to be herself, and it's all going to mold out in the long run. She can go on and say and do whatever she is, but she'll grow with that, and that's going to develop her personality and it's it's just gonna it's it's gonna work out. You know, she hasn't she hasn't done anything outrageous or anything like that. She's not 
in the tabloid. She's not like, you know, the Olsen twins or anything like that. So I think she's doing so far so good. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, Teresa, uh, go, go ahead. No, I just said thank you. I think I feel like Amy is right. Yeah. No, I've worked with some screw-ups. We've been wanting to have you on our show uh, for quite a, a while, and we've followed your career from the amateurs, from your two medals. We've spoken about your documentary, which was great. It kind of really gave us an insight of you and what you're looking for as far as in your career and your family and your personal life, and obviously seeing you grow as a professional and now to the point where, you know, you're going to have the first fight on Showtime for 2018, which was announced just a couple of days ago. So that's a, a big feather in your cap as well as obviously uh, winning those titles on Showtime as well. So uh, we thank you for being here on the show on the two-minute round, and we uh, wish you continued success. And hopefully it's not the first time that we have you here, and hopefully in the future uh, you'll join us again. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Clarissa. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Okay, Good thank night, you. Clarissa. Bye. Yeah, bye. And there you have it. Yeah, Clarissa Shields, the two-time Olympic gold medalist and WBC and IBF super middleweight champion. With the first time, it's been a, a, a show of firsts. We've had a lot of uh, good uh, guests here on the show, and that's the first time we have Clarissa Shields, which I, I believe... Uh, was awesome. I, I was very that we expected, wasn't it, David? She was very eloquent, very eloquent and, and um, well-spoken. Uh, at 22, I was nowhere near as intelligent and eloquent as she is. Yeah, you're right. And, and one thing that David did mention is that, you know, she is only 22 years old and she traveled all over the world, won two gold medals, not just one, two gold medals, which is the first for any United States-born boxer, you know, We've had, you know, and Muhammad Ali and Oscar de la Hoya and, and uh, multiple of uh, Andre Ward and, and other ones win one gold medal, but nobody has ever won two gold medals for the United States except for Clarissa Shields in boxing. So that's something to be said for a 22-year-old. And then now a holder at super middleweight, and it looks like her and her team have a very good uh, plan for her career, at least in the next two or three years, where they're moving down to 160 and then possibly 154, which I think will be something to be to be seen as well. So she has a uh, she has like the whole world in front of her, and, and good for her, you know. So with that, let's move on very quickly here and finish up the um, uh, the fight results from the Gimnasio Municipal in Ciudad Juarez, Profesor de Pueblo, on Televisa in Mexico. Give us Lourdes Juarez. The uh, younger sister, Mariana Juarez, scoring a split decision win over Diana Laura Fernandez in the defense of her second box, WBC second box uh, flyweight title. Scores there were 99-92 and 98-91 for Juarez, while one judge side 96-95 for Fernandez. And with this win, Juarez looks like she's inching closer to her world title shot. Uh, Fernandez had actually, in her last fight, challenged for a title down in South America. She came up short and now she loses in a split decision um, against Juarez. And one thing that was very uh, it's kind of interesting is that Juarez obviously is the darling of the promotional company, the sister of, of uh, Mariana Juarez. But this fight was held in the hometown of the opponent of Fernandez. 
So you really can't say she's that quality of hometown cooking with the split decisions in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, in a way, there was hometown cooking with one judge giving it to Fernandez, which I thought was, I don't know how you do that. but And then I also read newspapers from there claiming that, that Fernandez was robbed. And I was like, whoa, what fight were you guys watching? <laughs> it was kind of interesting. But, hey, that's boxing. You know, you see mm-hmm. your eyes only see what they want to see. And uh, to a person on the outside, I saw Waters winning easily. Most of the most of the rounds, and Fernandez was a tough girl, but she just didn't have the skill that Waters does. Yeah, yeah, she looks like she needs some muscle. I mean, she's already had a 15, 16, 17 fight, so, um, so it, it is uh it is it is what it is as far as Fernandez. And she gave a pretty strong, but then she came up short against uh, Mariana Farid. I mean, Mariana Farid what is next for her? Now the same night. From the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, we saw the last fight, at least for a while, for Amanda Serrano, who scored her first round TKO over Marlene Hernandez in the main round at a catch weight of 128 pounds. And, you know, they didn't televise the fight, but they did show a highlight during the Showtime broadcast later that night where the main event was Deontay Wilder scoring a first round uh, TKO as well over Romain Stavern. And, you know, I, I saw the highlights, and I thought they were great, obviously, because they were showing them on uh, on the telecast. But I thought it was a shame that if this is going to be the last fight we're going to see from Amanda Serrano in a while in boxing, if not ever, I thought it was a shame that it ended in one round. Yeah, it was very sad to see her yeah. go. Yeah. What about, I think what it's you sad think, completely. It's totally Say sad again, she's going please. to MMA. It's totally sad she's going to MMA. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We had her here on our last show, and she mentioned that you know she's going to be making more money in her MMA debut than she that she's making for uh, defending titles and, and and or winning titles in boxing. So it only makes sense for her that she has to go uh, where the money's at as far as what she wants to do in her at this point in her career after ten years in boxing. And you know you can't blame her. I mean, we were very sad to let her go. We let her know that, but. You know, she has to do what she has to do to, to to be happy. And it looked like from the conversation that we had with her um, that she was very excited about the, the idea of learning something new and trying something new and maybe excelling at something new. She's so dominant in boxing that it looks like maybe she's getting bored of it and, and maybe she's getting bored of the fact that she can't get the big fights that she wants to challenge herself. So maybe this MMA thing is a new challenge for her and and she's excited about it. I think Heather Hardy found out this last time out it can be quite challenging. Yeah, oh, wow. she, she she found out the hard way that it could be quite challenging. We did ask her about that and she said that she's ready. She's ready to take on the challenge and see and see what happens. And in the last part in the last uh, result, uh Teresa Douglas scored an eight round TKO with Crystal Boyd in Ashburn, Virginia. And the schedule turned around there a flyweight. The official time was 109, so Teresa Douglas is now open. Uh, she has um, challenged for a title in, in Argentina. It came up short down there, her only loss. But it looks like maybe she'll get a chance for another world title shot at, at, uh, in 2018. And she's just staying busy um, uh, with this win over Crystal Hall, a fighter that I think I haven't fought in a while. Uh, moving on, female fight chatter very quickly. Um, as it was reported by our very own David Avila here, 
Uh, veteran uh, Layla MacArthur has been placed as a number one welterweight by the IBF and now is a mandatory challenger for that title of Cecilia Breakhouse, who is the unified uh, welterweight champion. So it's been about a week since they named her uh, the IBF number one, David. And I know you've spoken to Layla and her team. Any talks with Cecilia Breakhouse? I know Cecilia kind of has mentioned that she's open to a cyborg fight and things like that, but anything new with Linda McCarthy? Uh, nothing new as of yet. Uh, I'm hoping to hear from Cecilia Breakers to see if she's interested in that fight. I mean, she doesn't have to take it because she has three other belts, but that also says a lot if she doesn't fight Linda McCarthy, who's actually the best fighter out there in her division. So so we'll mm-hmm. see. You know, um, I'm hoping uh, she says yes and uh, I know that we've spoken to Steve Espinosa, and he's interested in putting on that fight. Um, it would be great. Great for women's boxing. Yeah. That would you come here, or would Layla have to travel there? Well, well, she has an American promoter, so she could she she had the reason she signed with K2 was to come to the United States. Well, part of it. She could fight in England, too, but, but uh, she signed with K2. Also, she she has her own promotion too, and uh, the reason she did that is that she wanted to fight in the U.S. Uh, hopefully, she gets that date with Layla, and they'll put it on Showtime. I'm wondering if Eddie Hearn might pick up some women fighters too, and they grab Danny Jacobs. Well, speaking of uh, picking up uh, women fighters, Dana, Dana White just announced he's going into boxing, and we all know he's going yeah. women in MMA. I almost threw up when yeah. I read that. <laughs> he might be and the one to, to pick up female fighters in the in the United States. Yeah, that can yeah. happen as well. Now, in some entertainment news, I don't know if you guys saw what, but the, I saw this, but the network TNT is developing a drama, a show, a drama show based on the life of former fighter and Wolf. The show is intended to be called Beast Mode mm-hmm. and will focus on Wolf's work as a trainer. Wolf also played a small role in the feature film uh, Wonder Woman. So Anne Wolf now making some inroads in the entertainment world, and let's see if TNT picks up this picks up this show. That'd be pretty good, huh? Uh, former world champion. That would be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting. And, and, and you know, Anne Wolf, if you know her story, she has some cheating that she's got in past, and I think the show is going to be based or kind of uh, t- touch on those subjects. Uh, obviously, that would make it interesting. Um, and but Anwar is on board on that, and and, and hopefully uh, they develop it, and hopefully we see that soon on on TV. Uh, now, former world champion Absolutely. Jackie Nava said, "Yeah, said during her visit to Medellin, Colombia, for last week's uh, WBA annual convention, that she wants to come back in 2018 for one or two farewell fights." She mentioned that it may be in May or June. Her work as a senator in the Mexican government stopped her from coming back this year. There were talks about her facing Mariana Juarez in a, at a catch way. That fight couldn't be, it, it wasn't, it, they, they couldn't make it because of the timetable. And now maybe she returned in May or June. Maybe that would be one of the fights that she targets for her last year as a, as a professional fighter. She was claiming that she's only been her last year and she wants to do one or two fights. So, 
from their feet. I know I saw her on social media. She runs every day. She exercises. She spends half of her week in Mexico City where, you know, that's her work as a senator is at, and then half a week here in her home of Tijuana. So I know she's working out in both cities. So it's not like she's out of shape uh, or, or not that she was out of shape before, but when she had her two children, her two daughters, obviously a pregnancy, you know, uh, affects a woman's body in a certain way. But now her kids are, you know, her youngest daughter, I think she's two or three years old, so it's been a couple of years since then, and she's been keeping down the weight. Um, so hopefully it, it wouldn't be too much of a, uh, too much work for her to get down to, you know, 122 pounds, 118 pounds. And I've seen her work out in the gym plenty of times, and I'll tell you, she's one of the hardest workers, male or female, that I've ever seen inside a boxing gym. So I have no doubt that she will be able to get down to 122 uh, or even a little bit less than that for perhaps that catchweight fight with Mariana Juarez. Now, uh, I mentioned her in our conversation with Clarissa Shields, but Costa Rica's Hannah Gabriel, the super welterweight WBO and WBA champion, says she's open to a rubber match against Oxandia Castillo or a fight against Cecilia Breakout. She's had two fights with Castillo. The first one, she was stopped in the second round uh, some years ago, and then her last fight was against Castillo, where she was also dropped in the second round, and then she won uh, a decision. Some people think somewhat controversially, but she is open to a third uh, fight against her to close out the trilogy, but a lot of interested in a Cecilia Breakout. Gabriel added that she has about three or four years left in the sport and is willing to meet Breakout at a catch weight of perhaps 151, 151 pounds. So that's another option for breakout is she's like David likes to say, maybe uh, dodging Layla McCarthy, she could have the option of facing uh, Cecilia, I mean, Anna Gabriel at 151 pounds, David. Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, uh, Anna's, um, uh, I guess she's looking for fights if she's fighting uh, Castillo again. Yeah, well, she said that they're open to it, but that, that, that this last fight was really hard to make because of Castillo's manager. And they think that that might be an obstacle to make the third one, but she is open to it. So, so let's see what happens. And now, in the last uh, note for the fight chatter, Sanford Promotions announced the flyweight Suleiman Urbina will be part of the December 9th fight card in Las Vegas. The fight will mark the first time the United States in the fight. The fight will mark the first for her in the United States. She is a former Mexican Olympic team member, and she's based out of Phoenix, Arizona. And obviously, the main event of that December 9th show is that uh, now it's for the interim WBC Super Featherweight title between Orlando City Salido and Nikki Roman. David, you have plans of, of being at that fight card, so you give us a, a uh, ringside uh, report of oh, yeah. the Morbina fight. Obviously, no opponent just yet. And we'll try to see if we can have Orbina on our next show, uh, which will be yeah. the one right before her fight card and have her talk about you know, what it means to her to fight in the United States where she lives, she lives in Phoenix, and and, and obviously fighting on the biggest stage in boxing, which is in Las Vegas, Nevada. So yeah, we'll make contact with her yeah, and have her on the show. Uh, now let's move on to our upcoming calendar. We are running out of time here, so moving on Friday, November 10th from the Korakuen Hall in Tokyo, Japan. I thought this would be interesting. Naoko Shibata will be facing veteran Etsuko Tara and an eight-rounder at minimum weight, 105 pounds. So that's an interesting fight there. There's no title at stake, but it is an interesting fight between two very well-known Japanese fighters, Naoko Shibata and Etsuko Taza. 
on and on Saturday, November 11th, from Belgium, Delphine Persoon will be facing Miriam Danielle in a 10-rounder. She'll be defending her defending her WBC 135-pound title. Now, this is a fighter that had somewhat of a hand issue, David, and it looked like she would be retiring, yeah. but it looks like she's coming back, huh? Yeah, I guess it's, uh, she's going to test out that hand to see how it's doing. Yeah, it, but it hurts. Out. She really messed it up. Yeah. Yeah, and there you go. And then she has a WBC title, so, you know, why not? It's on a time in the near future. If everything works out for her and her hand works out well, a uh, unification fight with Katie Taylor. Or, you know, getting challenged by uh, uh, Mikaela Mayer. So we'll see what happens there. Now, on Saturday, November 11th in France, Maeva Hamadouz will square off against Milena Kuleva in a six runner, 130 pounds. And from Irapuato, Mexico, Professor de Pueblo on Televisa on the biggest network in Mexico, Ariana Lavarri Juarez will be facing veteran Alicia Graff, where Juarez will be defending her 10 round, uh, uh, w, I'm sorry, WBC Phantom Lake title, be her second defense of that title that she won earlier this year, and that fight is scheduled for a 10 rounder. Alicia Graff in six losses against world uh, class uh, opposition has never been knocked out. Yes, so I don't know if that's Mariana. Uh, I don't know if that's Mariana's goal, but I think it's going to be a good fight. Yeah, you have two really experienced fighters. I mean, they're, they're yeah, almost and, and then, the same. Both 37 years old, both very technical boxers, so we should have a chess match here, but I think we're going to see some action because Mariana Juarez does bring the heat inside that ring, and she throws a lot of punches, so we should be seeing a very uh, good fight on Saturday night uh, from Mexico. On Thursday, November 16th, uh, in Cancun, Mexico, Golden Boy Promotions on ESPN is going to give us Maricela Cornejo facing Iraiz Hernandez in a six-rounder at Super Middleweight. On Saturday, November 18th, in South Korea, Hume Lee Choi will be facing Mexican Jessica Gonzalez. Uh, Hume Lee Choi will be defending her WBA 130-pound title. And from the Pioneer Event Center in Lancaster, California, Paula Estrada, who has not been actually in a while, will be facing Araceli Palacios in a six-rounder at Palaiway. Last time we saw Palacios, who is I think she fought Marlene Esparza in, again, in Canelo the Locking Card, right? Uh, yeah, that's what she was. I think that's what it was. And the last fight, uh, Araceli Palacios is still from Mexico. Yeah. She's fighting Paola Estrada who is from uh, down here from the Inland Empire down here in Southern California. She's a good fighter. Her, her dad and her trainer, Herbie Estrada, you know, has been building her in the amateurs for a long time. But, you know, she mm-hmm. sees sporadic action here and there. I think she has a really good day job. So the dad kind of pushing her towards the day job and not the boxing. But I think she has the, uh, the boxing in her blood. So she, And she is a ticket seller out there in Lancaster. So they brought her back for this card, which is going to be on Saturday, November 18th. And lastly, Tuesday, November 21st, from the Zuzo Sports Center in China, Casey Morgan, a fighter from the Bay Area out here in San Francisco, will be going to be going to China in a 115-pound eight-rounder against Daureng Paketemang. Um, so Casey Morgan traveling the world, I think, her last fight. Uh, she's fight out here in Tijuana. She fought, she fought in the United States. She fought in the Philippines in her last fight, and now she's going to be traveling to China. So that is our fight card for the next couple of weeks. Our next show is, is uh, scheduled for November 23rd. 
We will have a special guest. Hopefully, we'll be uh, to Memorbina. We'll make contact with her. And uh, before we go, any any last words? We did have a result from our show last weekend in Atlanta, and the reason I didn't give David a write-up for it is because Helen Joseph demolished Elizabeth Anderson. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I it was the end of the. It was like during the second round, and her corner was like, "Nope, you're done. End of fighting." She was Helen Joseph put everybody on notice in her bantamweight division. So let's see what she does. Yeah, yeah. David, any last words? No, no words for me. Uh, looking forward to two weeks from now. All right, All right. we'll, we'll see, see what uh, we got going on. We'll be live again. November 23rd, coming around. You're hooked to Jeff Zucker, Timo Boxing Row here on Block Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us, and we'll bid you good night. Good night.